This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Now here's a question for you on a Monday. If you could preserve yourself after death in hopes of being awakened in the future, or advanced technologies could extend your lifespan even further, would you? This has been around for a bit now, but there is improving technology in cryonics and some places where you can actually go ahead with this. The details on the very latest with our Eric Chapman. Space. A final frontier. There's been many times when science fiction has influenced modern technology. Star Trek did it with personal access display devices and communicators. Dick Tracy sparked the idea for smartwatches. In the movie Demolition Man, they used cryonics for people to live out their jail sentences. Somebody put me back in the fridge. So it's inevitable that cryonics would make it into reality. In fact, it was first introduced back in the 60s. Only it's used a little different here in reality. It's putting yourself into stasis in hopes that sometime in the future, there will be technology for you to continue living your life. We have the technology. But it's really not talked about and oftentimes misunderstood. Dr. Max Moore, Ambassador and President Emeritus at Alcor, where they currently have 200 people in stasis at their facility, explained cryonics to me. Well, you know, the way I see cryonics, really, I see it as an extension of emergency medicine. So that's the way I like to frame it, because uh, you know, if you think if you go back 50 years or so, say before 1960, before we invented the uh, CPR and defibrillation, if someone stopped breathing, the heart stopped. You know, back then we would just say they're dead, and that was it, end of story. But today we realize, well, that's not really true. Yes, they're clinically dead, but that's reversible in most cases. We jump on them and do CPR and you know, shock the heart and other things we can do, and we can restart them in many cases. So we realize today that what we thought was dead for sure back you know, a few, few decades ago is no longer considered dead. And our point is really that the same is true today. When a doctor declares you dead, all they're really saying is that they don't know what else to do to help you with today's technology and, and techniques. That doesn't mean that some, you know, in the future uh, we won't have much more powerful techniques, but almost certainly we will. So our point is, well, rather than just disposing of the person, why don't we stop them getting worse by you know, cryopreserving them, stopping everything from happening, um, and then you know, we take them into the future, basically, where there's a chance that we can fix them up. So this idea that you know, you're, you're dead is dead is really false, because first of all, the definition changes over time, as we've just seen. Uh, plus, of course, we know for a fact that the vast majority of your body is still alive when you're called legally dead, because that's how, how people can donate organs, right? You can give your kidneys and heart and lungs to other people, just because you, you've been declared dead doesn't mean all your cells are suddenly dead. It's a very gradual process. So that's, that's part of the rationale is we, we realize that dying is a gradual process and we're trying to intervene and stop things getting worse, basically putting dying on pause. There's lots of questions, perhaps spiritual, metaphysical, but the science says... Obviously our patients are not alive because they're extremely cold temperatures. There's no metabolic activity whatsoever. You can't call them alive. But they're not dead in the sense of dead being an irreversible state because they haven't been destroyed yet. So they're kind of in this in-between state that people have a hard time wrapping their minds around. Uh, I like to say, well, you know, there's there's daylight and there's nighttime, but there's also twilight. They kind of blend into one another. 
so that, that's kind of one of the issues. Yeah. So that, that's part of the understanding is that dying is a gradual process. Another part of the understanding is that we have you know, direct evidence that at least under good conditions, we are protecting the cells in the brain that preserve memory. Uh, we've got a number of you know, types of studies. In fact, there should be a paper coming out very soon that probably be the best evidence we have so far from actual human uh, brain tissue that was cryopreserved, showing extremely good preservation of the neural structures, the dendrites, the connections, the synapses, everything looks exactly the way it should be. So we have good reason to believe that at least under good conditions, we are preserving those structures that you need for memory. And then the third part really is that, well, okay, we can't, we can't obviously reverse that today. We can do it for simple tissues like obviously embryos and eggs. We have lots of people walking around who are cryopreserved as embryos. Uh, we can do it for heart valves and, and corneas and so on. But it gets difficult to reverse it for larger pieces of tissue, especially whole brains and bodies. But that doesn't mean it will be impossible in the future. It seems pretty reasonable for us to project further technological advances um, especially now people are thinking about nanotechnology where you can build incredibly tiny devices that go inside cells and make repairs. You know, that technology is not something that's physically impossible. It's a matter of development. So although you know, it's obviously not something we can prove will be developed in the future, I think we're in the position of someone like in 1900 saying, well, we think that one day we'll put someone on the moon. And people are saying, well, you're crazy. We have no idea how to do that. Well, that's true, but it doesn't break any physical laws. We just need to build better you know, propulsion systems and life support systems and so on, which, of course, we did. So that actually was something predictable. We just couldn't say exactly when that was going to happen. So that's why I say it's not a matter of faith. It's, it's, it's basically looking at the evidence we have today and then, I think, quite reasonably projecting future technological development and, but future technological development and saying there's a reasonable chance that this could work in the future. There are different choices you can make when getting preserved. One is whole body and the other is just the head. But there is a more friendly term we can use for that. Yeah, those, those are the two main options, and it's uh, it's fairly it's close to half and half among our membership what they've chosen. Okay. Uh, I personally have chosen just the neuro option. We, we call it neuro. Um, it's it's kind of a little unfortunate that it's a head because that, that kind of brings up images to people that, they, that turns them off, I think. Um, if you notice, if you just preserve the brain, it seems a bit more clinical. But in practice, it's quite hard to remove the brain from the skull without damaging it. So we keep it in the skull. But it's not that. It's really the brain we're interested in. Yeah. And the basic idea of that, that is, you know, which part of you do you really want to preserve? Is it your big toe? Is it your knee? Well, no, it's your brain because that's where you live. That's your personality is in your brain. Uh, everything else is repairable and replaceable. And that, that's kind of the rationale for me. It's a lot less expensive to cryopreserve a smaller tissue and store it for decades. And I personally think that the kind of technology we'll need to repair the brain with, you know, 86 billion neurons and all the connections uh, and, to st and to reverse the aging process, that kind of technology, I think, will better regenerate a body pretty easily. I mean, we're already starting to grow organs in the lab out of stem cells. So it's not, no longer considered science fiction to talk about regrowing you know, organs and limbs. That's going to happen before we can bring people back. So what is the point really in taking down a broken down old body? Um, I think some of our members do that because not really for like a, a good reasons, but more like an emotional thing that like it's hard to it's hard hard to just imagine themselves just being a brain there and of course people have you know imagined well what if I come back just as a brain what will I do <laughs> sort of the Futurama scenario right, that's not... <laughs> why would anybody bring you back like that it that doesn't make any sense the process is similar to embalming reducing the chance of ice formation in the body during freezing. BC's cryonics community is called Lifespan Society, some of whose members belong to Alcor. I guess we got to stay tuned to science fiction pop culture for the next technological advancement. Hopefully it's teleporters. <laughs>